here's my thing about wishes. I think they're important. I think it's a way to help keep a little bit of positivity in your life as long as you're doing it right. I'm not saying you can't wish for what you want to wish for, but if you're blowing out candles and pulling on chicken bones for a new Apple Watch, I think maybe you've missed an opportunity. We all look at ourselves in the mirror and see something others may not see, or maybe they do. Like me as a teenager, maybe others see it and aren't afraid to remind you of it. The glasses, the braces, the goofy hair, that Keebler elf joke. Ha, <laughs> yeah, clever. I'm just saying, maybe it's worth not rubbing the fur off the rabbit's paw to actually be taller or be more handsome or to not have early 1970s spectacles on a kid growing up in the 80s. But maybe it'd, be, maybe it'd be okay to wish for the courage to love that person you see every day in the mirror. I mean, if you're going to be selfish about a wish. That's the thing. If you only had one wish, what would you wish for? Welcome to the Morton Podcast. What's a show without technical difficulties? Best laid plans. Yeah. I wish for a show with no technical difficulties. <laughs> <clears throat> that almost work. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on episode 39. <laughs> or 40. One or the other. All good. So how you doing? Great. Welcome into the Morton Podcast. <clears throat> episode 38. Right? 38? 38. That's what I keep writing down. Right, it's what I say. <laughs> I hope it's right. Uh, if I sound like a, either uh, a cross between Kermit the Frog and Don Cornelius, I'm kind of fighting the cold. As long as you win the battle. Yeah, no, I think I will. I just may sound a little extra sultry. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's is good. It, is it working? It's a good radio voice. It is. I should be sick all the time. No. I should be sick every time we do the podcast. No, I don't want you getting me sick. The cat's sick. You're sick. Uh, yeah, the cat's doing a lot more sneezing than I am, though. You're sneezing. She's sneezing. You're coughing. Yeah. Didn't stop me from going surfing this morning. Though. No, it didn't. You know, it just had to be done. It's one of those things. So, yeah. you know. Anyway, so you're looking forward to uh, today's show? I am. Got a lot of stuff? I hope so. I I see, I'm looking across the table and I see pages of notes. That's pretty good. I like that. That's you, preparation. You, you cheat and you use the laptop and so I can't see well, what you have. No, no, no. I mean, I've got you're pages. You're just a big fat cheater and you look at what my notes are. That is true, too. <laughs> But I have pages of notes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I I've got you've got stuff up on on your computer too. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only. You came over here, here and you looked at that stuff too. <laughs> I wasn't. You can't help yourself. I know. You have to snoop. I do. And 
I never look at your sense. I, I, you know what? We could do a whole show on this. And my mom would call in, and she would tell us the one time she snooped in Christmas and the mucklucks or whatever it was that she found. And she, oh man, that story would just go on for days. And I, I, I love her, but I've heard it probably a million times. How does that? How does that? How does that relate to what that you cheat? I'm just saying, snooping's in my blood. <laughs> Break the cycle, dude. Break the cycle. Just say no. Stop here and now. Yeah, that'll never happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else you got? Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, as far as... The show's uh, over? Yeah. Thank you. Good night. Wrap it up. <laughs> I am a little disappointed. I'll, I'll get this off uh, at the beginning of the show here. Um, and maybe people didn't understand what we were trying to do. And, and that's, that's primarily my fault because... I'm on the marketing side of things here, uh, but we have a phone number for the show. It's not a live call-in number, so I don't want to confuse people that it is, but um, it's a voicemail number. You can call it any time, day or night, because uh, I'm not picking up the phone, uh, but it's uh, 213-761-SPY-1. That's 213-761-7791. Uh, you know, regular rates apply, all that legal stuff. But uh, you can call that number at any time and leave us a voicemail message. And we'll be able to get that. And, um, you know, if it's show-related, you know, as far as the topic for the week, um, we'll certainly try and and get it added to the show. Or even if you have a question or you have a request, you want to let us know how we're doing on the show, uh, please give us a call on that number. It's on the Facebook page. Uh, we'll make sure that it gets put up on the website as well. Uh, but it's 213-761-7791. Um, so please give us a call. I'm, we, we kind of asked people to call and leave us a message and let us know what their favorite wish was, or if they had, excuse me, if they had one wish, what would it be? Um, and call that number. And, and we didn't get any calls. I was a little disappointed, but I know that the holidays are coming up. So. Um, people are probably busy. I get that. I'm busy. It, <laughs> are, you, are you wrapping gifts while we're doing the show? Is that what it is? Cooking turkeys? Making a gravy? I am. It's a busy time of the year. It is a very busy time of the year. That's why I went surfing this one. <laughs> You're not so busy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Everybody says, like, you know, Christmas is only this far away, and I'm like, Christmas? Can we talk Thanksgiving, please? Yeah, I mean, that's... everybody gets the holidays like they get a jump, you know. Right. Yeah. Focus on one holiday at a time. So, topic related, show related. I wish people would stop doing that. I know. Yeah, Brett was like that this morning. He said, "I can't believe Christmas is around the corner." It isn't, dude. Thanksgiving <laughs> is around the corner. <laughs> like, yeah. what corner are you standing at? A long street, long block. You're yeah, on. like, dude, right. seriously, let's not rush things. Yeah, let's break open the turkey first. Stuffing, it's gonna be good. Good times. Yep. So uh, we're talking um, wishes, and uh, you know, we challenged each other. Uh, if I had one wish, uh, you know, basically, if I could only have one wish granted, what would it be? Um, and we're going to answer that a little bit later in the show, but uh, we kind of wanted to start off with talking about 
uh, kind of what we what we've been in our research calling celebrity wish fulfillment, and uh, some of the great work that that people are doing out there to to grant wishes for other people. Um, you know, just people with means and, and resources and and whatnot. Uh, you had some interesting uh, research. I um, it's pretty easy. I, I kind of cheated a little bit in that, you know, which is my way. Um, I wanted to use the Make-A-Wish Foundation. They're probably the uh, marquee wish fulfillment organization out there. They've been around for a while. Um, and so it was It was kind of part of what, what kind of prompted this week's uh, episode about wish fulfillment. Um, and I, I won't go into history. It, it, if you get a chance, uh, go to, um, I think it's w- just wish.org, which is the Make-A-Wish uh, website, and you can learn about their background. Their, the uh, origin of the, of the organization is really, really interesting. But I think pretty much everybody worldwide uh, heard about Bat-Kid. You heard about Bat-Kid. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Bat-Kid's real name is Miles. At the time, he was five years old. And Miles has leukemia. Um, And his wish was actually just a pretty simple wish that he just wanted to meet Batman. And so they kind of make a wish foundation. He, um, you know, you you have to nominate people for make a wish. It's, they've got, you know, kind of guidelines on, on who can be nominated and, and who can, you know, kids have to qualify for it. Um, but someone, I think someone had nominated miles and his wishes that he wanted to meet Batman. And so they, they kind of wanted to take it a step further and kind of have him be bat kid. Well, as everyone's probably uh, well aware now, it just turned into this huge thing. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about that uh, because we live in an age of social media, right? And uh, social media is really one of the reasons why this thing kind of just took off like it did. Um, it started out pretty small. He was going to meet Batman, uh, the mayor of San Francisco, um, the, area. Um, the mayor was going to give him a key to the city. It was just going to be this kind of low key thing. And then people started jumping onto it and pretty soon it turned into 20,000 plus on the steps of city hall in San Francisco, which for the day they renamed Gotham city. Um, and Batman was there. And, you know, just taking the kid around, he ended up with a key to the city. Um, just an enormous, enormous amount of people. And it really took off because of, of social media. And they've got a page dedicated, uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation does, dedicated to this particular event because I think it's probably one of the most high-profile events. Uh, and so <clears throat> just talking about that, I'm, I'm sure most people are, are aware of it. have seen the videos. You can go to YouTube and still see the video. It's it's heartwarming it's you know i i cried more than once i'm curious uh, excuse me for interrupting i'm curious how much publicity it got outside of say california outside of the united states outside of like our local area 
because it was huge here. Right, because we're in California. Uh, and that's part of the numbers. Here's by the numbers from okay. the Make-A-Wish Foundation's website for this particular event for uh, Bat Kid. People who RSVP'd to volunteer via their website, 16,000 RSVP'd to volunteer. Estimated size of the crowd at City Hall, 20,000. Uh, number of the, here's where the social media part of it comes in, which I find very, very interesting. Number of hashtag SF bat kid, hashtag or hashtag bat kid tweets generated through Sunday, uh, November 17th. And I'm, I'm not sure what year that was, uh, last year, the last year, okay. 545,576 tweets generated. Percentage of all tweets coming from outside the U.S., so to answer your okay, question, 13%. That's a wow. huge number. That is. It's impressive. Uh, number of countries where Bat-Kid was discussed, again, addressing your question, 117 My gosh. countries were talking about it. Uh, total number of tweets, 555,000. Uh, percentage of tweets that were deemed positive, 96%. I want to know who the 4% are. I'd like to talk to those people. They're not worth talking to. Yeah, but just, you know. I know. <laughs> Seriously? Come on, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, total Twitter potential reach, 777 million. That's the potential reach. Uh, number of Instagram photos with hashtag SFBatKids, 16,000. Uh, overall, I, I won't go through all of these. Uh, uh, oh, number of hits per second to the make a, to all Make a Wish websites during the peak of this, uh, one thousand four hundred per second. Uh, it it shut down their website. I imagine it would. Um, he was he was a phenom. Oh yeah, absolutely. Overall social impressions. 1 billion, 1.8 billion. He was on every news channel, every, everything. Yeah. And here's my thing. Here's, here's talking about wish fulfillment, right? This organization is set up to do just this. Kids qualify that have a life-threatening illness. They're nominated. They go through a process. They say, okay, we're going to do this. This kid has a wish. Let's make it come true. This kid wants to be Batman. Everyone is jumping on board because they're they're my big thing is it's contagious, right? Right? I know. But but that was that was my big thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's this right. it's this pebble. Toss it down the hill, it starts rolling, next thing you know, it's this huge snowball. Right. So here's the thing. Everyone got involved. Well, the city's cashing a check for it because yeah. the city said, We're gonna do this this key to the city and we're going to, the mayor is going to get involved. The, the chief of got involved. He, he's on the video. It's very hilarious. The total cost, the, the average cost for a, a make a wish, wish fulfillment. Guess average cost for, for make a wish foundations wish. What would you think it would be just on average? $15,000. Half that, about 7,500. Okay. Okay. That's still a healthy amount of money. Right. Okay. That's the average wish cost. That kid cost how much, do you think? 
20,000 people involved. City hall, resources, city resources. How much do you think? $105,000. Wow. Right? So Good Samaritans, John and Marsha Goldman, who donate to the Make-A-Wish Foundation anyway, right? said, you know what? The city shouldn't be responsible for that, and they cut a check. Awesome. Can you believe that? So that's my thing. Yeah, I can. You throw and and that's right. That's the great thing about it, right? You throw a pebble down the hill, uh, and then it just gets bigger and bigger. So um that's pretty stinking cool. I mean, that's that was one kid's and not to take anything away from Miles, but he wasn't the first kid for make a wish. He wasn't he wasn't even the the I, I, I happen to notice just doing research that Disney um, recently did their 100,000th um, wish granted to a, a kid, Luke, six years old, who has neuroblastoma. That's a milestone wish fulfillment, right? Miles wasn't the, – the back kid wasn't even a milestone wish fulfillment. It was just something that everyone thought was really, really cool and said, hey, I want to be a part of that. And for whatever your, me personally, whatever your motive is for wanting to be a part of that, um, whether it's to just be there and snap a picture and put it on Instagram and maybe have it boost your Instagram numbers, or if you're there for a more genuine, hey, I really want to be a part of this, maybe donate money, maybe, I mean, what did I say, 16,000 volunteers RSVP'd? Yeah, that's crazy amount. Yeah. So, you know, just to have an organization like that, that, that says, now, my big thing is, and I kind of alluded to this in a, in a Facebook post a week or so ago about the whole Starbucks thing is there's a lot of kids out there that need help. You know, there's a lot of kids out there that, you know, tonight aren't going to have warm clothes or, or a warm meal. A place to sleep. We got to start somewhere. Right. You know, I mean, you got to start. You got to start where you stand, you know, and just start helping people on some level and just hope at some point that, um, you know, we reach the people that we want to. So I thought those numbers were, were pretty incredible. They are. Staggering, but they are. Yeah. Yeah. That kid was amazing. Amazing to watch how it t- took over. Like I said, every news channel, you couldn't turn on the news. You couldn't turn on the Today Show, Good Morning America. Every talk show, they were talking about him. Yeah. Amazing little boy. And I think overall, that like the, the website talks about it, like overall, uh, it increased donations and volunteers and, you know, awareness, if nothing else. So that's the great thing. Maybe you have this just knock it out of the park event. Not every kid is going to get back kid and 20,000 people showing up to his event. Miles may be a once in a lifetime event, you know, back kid, maybe once in a lifetime event for make a wish it just on that scale. But because it, it happened, it's still going to raise awareness. And I think people are going to try and go out of their way to, to do better. 
that's the hope anyway. Right. So I, I thought that was that was pretty interesting. I thought you might like to hear the the raw numbers on that. And that's the power of social yeah, media. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of bad that happens in social media, a lot of cyberbullying, things like that. But, um, you know, it can do some good, too. Absolutely can. So yeah. what did you have? Well, as you know, I watch The Allen Show every day. Well, I, been... I didn't know that. Kind of a mini obsession of mine. Is this a new show, Ellen? Yeah. You know. Did you say Helen? Helen. Helen. Right, Helen. Yeah. Uh, I've been a faithful viewer for all 13 years, 2,000 shows and counting. Uh, throughout the years, she's given so much back to her fans, and I know a lot of people. For them, it's just the the Christmas shows, the 12 days of Christmas, and the the giveaways they want to go to see what hopefully they can get. But for Ellen, it's about giving back to the fans because she, she gets so much from them. She's so inspired by the fans, the viewers, and she, she wants to give back to them. And she gets letters from, from viewers about people that are struggling, that need help and she wants to be able to, she has the means, um, and she partners with people that have the means. Um, so she wants to do something about that. Um, the past couple of years, um, she teamed up with an internet-based photo publishing company named Shutterfly. Um, they do photo books, stationery, calendars, all kinds of things. Right. Um, Shutterfly... <clears throat> Shutterfly's vision is to make the world a better place by helping people share life's joy. And that's what Ellen always says on her show. Uh, thanks to their partnership with Ellen, they they are constantly giving away these big cardboard checks. They hand uh, Andy, one of her, I think he's a stooge. I think that's the word you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, I'll say a stooge. Andy will run out on stage with a big cardboard check and he'll give somebody who's in need um, some money. And sometimes it's $10,000. Sometimes I have seen up to $100,000. And these checks will go to schools, teachers, um, individuals who maybe just need a helping hand. Right. Um, kids who need um, help with college tuition. Um, I have seen her give the money to people who have not been able to go on their honeymoon because they had to stay back to help somebody maybe who was ill, you know, to maybe care for a parent or something. So they didn't get to take a honeymoon. So she sent them on a honeymoon with that money. Right. Um, people who couldn't are struggling to pay hospital bills or who need, you know, the money to pay for, um, medical equipment, um, Ordinary people who have just done extraordinary things and real people, not actors. Right. Um, you know, <clears throat> just people that she thinks, you know, here, here's the money, sock it away or, you know, do something amazing with it. Right. And um, in the past couple of years, uh, teaming with Shutterfly, they've given away almost $2 million. Jeez. That is not chump change. No. You know, and um, I know that 
the difference that is made in the lives of those people is tremendous. Right. And you can't put a dollar on that. You right. know, I know that it's a $2 million figure, but you can't put a dollar figure on what it's done to change these people's lives. Right. And it's, it's changed them in a way that they, you know, what, what Ellen does on her show is that she brings so much joy to everybody who watches the show. And that's why I watch every day. I mean, you know, you come home and I sit and like, I don't, you know, I tape the show every day. So I'm watching it later in the day. And, and I cry when I watch the show, I cry from joy. I cry from sadness. I cry because there's a heartwarm, heartwarming story mm-hmm. um, because she's enriching people's lives and she's, she makes you laugh. She, and, but she gets just as much out of it. And that's why she wants to give back. Right. You know, um, she's giving away cars and not because, you know, she wants to say, Hey, look at me. I, I want everybody to tune into my show because of the ratings. It's not that. Right. It's not about that at all. It's, it's so much bigger than that. And she, one of the things I really love about her, she puts such an emphasis on, you know, teachers being undervalued and underpaid and she wants them to have the right tools that they need. And, and there's so many teachers out there that don't have what they need. So she's trying to get all the tools that they need in their classrooms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all it takes is, you know, you go to her website and you, you know, do you know somebody who needs something? Do you know a teacher that doesn't have what they need? Write to Ellen and let them know. And, you know, you know, they'll do some research and they'll see if that person meets the criteria. And that doesn't mean that Shutterfly is going to give them, you know, a big fat check. But, right. You know, that's how that's how the system works with her. And, yeah. you know, her heart is as big as that $2 million that Shutterfly has been doling out. And um, yeah. And, and here's my <clears throat> sorry. Here's that frog in your throat. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful what you eat. So here's here's kind of my perspective on the the whole conversation about whether or not um, wishful like we we talked about celebrity wish fulfillment if it's self serving and I think on some level because you know the whole the whole thing with uh, I think Oprah kind of started it and and then Ellen I think has kind of taken it to a, a a whole new level. And let's let's just be clear that I'm not the demographic that Ellen's going after. I'm just not. Right. right. And that's okay, right? I don't have to be. That's what makes the world go round. Um, but you know how I feel about the whole we're giving away gifts, you know, the 12 days of Christmas thing. Right. I think it's cool, but I also kind of feel like some people take advantage of that. Oh, I'm sure there are people that right. do. But then I kind of take a step back, and I've been doing this a lot lately. Like, I take a step back, and I and I even challenge myself for that new perspective that you and I were talking about. And I start thinking, okay, it's kind of self-serving on some level for Ellen to do that every single show, give free stuff away, right? Mm-hmm. Because what does it do? It draws in an audience, right? Right. Because, you know, there's a lot of people out there like, I want free stuff. I want free stuff. So they see her, they watch her show and they go to her show. Right. Right. So on some level, that's self-serving. Right. You're kind of buying an audience. 
Here's where I think I'm okay with it is that she then turns around and partners with someone like Shutterfly to donate money to people in need. And she, you know, brings people onto her stage and gives people new cars. And she's giving away gifts and trips and things and she is enriching other people's lives. There is a an, an element of self-serving, uh, you know, what it is self-serving on some level, but it's almost like okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna kind of unofficially buy an audience and keep them hooked. You know, just right, right, just reel that thing out there. And then bring them in, but they're going to bring in a uh, a a bigger audience. They're going to bring in a bigger audience, a viewer number, right? Which is going to allow them to um, go out and get more sponsorships and be able to approach p- people like Shutterfly and say, "Hey, we've got this huge audience now. Give us money so we can turn around and give it to people and help them pay their bills and do all that kind of stuff." Right? It's like this, you know. Circle of life. It's self-serving, but for a good cause. Who sings that song? Uh, that would be me. Because <laughs> I know where you're going with that. <laughs> right. And and Ellen's thing is that she, you know, sometimes she will find somebody that, you know, she will put them in the audience. I'm sure many of you watch Ellen like I do on a regular basis. And she will have them in the audience and she will call them up to sit with her and they don't know why they're there and she'll start talking to them and she knows things about them. She'll say, you know, your daughter, your daughter wrote in and told me this about you and that about you. And the person just looks shocked because they don't know anything about, you know, that their, their child had written in. Right. And then, um, you know, this person has a car that has 200,000 miles on it and um, they or they take the bus to work because their car no longer works. Right. And they work two jobs. And, you know, these are people that that aren't there for the 12 days of Christmas. Right. You know, these are people that are deserving of a car and, um, you know, something like that. And then, you know, Ford has has donated a car right. for them. And then, you know, behind the curtain is a, is a car for them. And um, it's a, it truly is nice to see somebody so deserving get something like that. And not somebody who, who is just like, oh, the only time I watch Ellen or the only time I try and go or whatever or for the 12 days. I don't know that there's a whole lot of those people because I think true Ellen fans really have a heart like Ellen. You know, when you when you watch her show day in and day out, it's it's so it's so contagious that spirit. Right. Um, no, I get that. And I, I mean, I'm a little more cynical than you, so I think you know, <clears throat> I, I think that there's there is that element, but I think I think it's Ellen meant. Uh, you know what I did there? Yeah, I did. 
But I'm bummed. You want the laugh track for that one? Or you might as well. we... Probably the only time we'll use it today. Yeah, that could be. Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, that's pretty good. I'm going to have to write that one down. I'm going to say it the first time, but I didn't want to interrupt. No, please interrupt. You got a good one like that. When you got a zinger. You know. Uh, I think it's kind of the cost of doing business. And I. It's the real reason I quit my day job. I, <laughs> the Ellen jokes? All my jokes. My sense of humor. Yes, honey. It's. It's. Uh, it pays uh, almost the same. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not paying the mortgage. But it's it's keeping me rich with joy. Anyway. Oh, anyway, my I again the the cost of doing business for all the good that she does. Um I'm a little I'm still torn on it, you know. I, I kinda want people I kinda want people to be charitable just because they're gonna be charitable. But someone's gotta pay that bill. Right, absolutely. And you know, I'd I'd rather it was uh, a large corporation paying that bill because, you know, Ellen producers are are going to them and saying, "Hey, we're this is our 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 viewing audience," you know. Right. Um. This is the exposure you're going to get. I mean, the exposure that Shutterfly gets because of the um the donations that they make it is self serving, but still they're they're cutting a lot of checks, like you they said. Sure are. So okay, so what? It boosts sales. You know, it boosts activity on their website. Okay, great. But we, I mean, we still have to go to their site to to buy something. You know, right. it's ad, it's advertising for them. Right. But it's not guaranteed sales for them. Right. But we're we're hoping that it is because, or at least the the Ellen producers are hoping that it is because then they're just going to keep asking for money. Right. So they can turn around and. <clears throat> so you know, it's one of those things, but. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's good that that she does that. You know, I'm still I still there's just that twinge of oh, you give something away every show and you know the crowd goes nuts and you're getting something free. Ah! It's okay. It's it's okay to make people smile. Don't 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 feel cynical about making people smile and and spreading some happiness. It's all right to do that. Yeah, no, I I get it. I mean, and I'm I'm behind it, and trust me, I'd much rather deal with uh, that kind of thing than some of the other garbage that's um, that you know some of the other people that are pulling stunts on TV to get an audience. Right. I mean, if that's the stunt she's pulling to get an audience, uh, then more power to her because she's helping people. You know, some of the the uh, drama queens that are on reality TV or, or whatever, uh, men and women, um, just to pull in an audience, they can go bye-bye. Right. Um, you know, if, if if the worst I have to deal with is Ellen giving away free stuff. And you stuff, make it sound so negative the way you say it. The stunt she's <clears throat> pulling and the worst you have to deal with. Because I, I, it's just, I don't know. It, it used to be... Let it go. Yeah. Here's my thing about an, a talk show audience, right? Okay. Is that I, I am Johnny Carson, old school. I know. Me and too. You sat down in front of the TV, and he came out with just great entertainment, and he entertained you, and you watched every single night. Right. Um, and now everyone has a shtick, 
And I guess Johnny kind of had a shtick too, but it just, it didn't seem shticky. Does that, it didn't seem forced. It seems forced now. So many people just seem like they have to have a, a thing in order to set them apart from somebody else. And and that's that's kind of what drives me nuts about. Because that. back then you had one option. And it was the best option ever. Right. Well, now look at how many different. Okay, we're totally getting off topic, and you're totally slamming my choice here. No, no, no. I'm not you're totally dogging my my thing. I'm not. No, no. I'm not dogging your choice. We we have so many options of late night things and so many daytime choices, but I really do think she does set herself apart. But everything that she does give, she gives with the best of intentions and from the heart, and there are no strings attached. And it's not a shtick. It's she gives, and it's not, hey, give. And I don't think she gives thinking, if I give, you know, like if you build it, they will come. I don't think that's why she does it. I, I agree. And, and I don't want and you I to. Think, I think when she goes, She's going to go on her own terms, like, okay, I've done this, and I'm, and I'm ready to go. Not because viewership is going to fall off. You know, she's just, she's, she'll be done and she'll go. I, I, I don't disagree with that. And I, I, please don't misunderstand that I think your, your research and your choice is a, a fantastic one. I really do. I was just trying to get you to understand why my perspective on, cause you and I've had this conversation before about why I'm uncomfortable with her audience. But trust me when I say, if I have a beef with the whole Ellen show at all, it's more with the audience members. Cause I'm cynical enough to believe that half of that audience is there just to get free stuff. And that's an, that's all on the audience more than anything else is those people should be there just to be entertained. But that, that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that she's doing damn good work. Absolutely. And she's been on 13 years and she's the queen of daytime, if not kicking everybody's butt in as far as talk shows go, I get it. I mean, she is the, the measuring stick right now. Uh, and I'm totally okay with that. I, I, you know how much I love her stand up, and so don't misunderstand. I'm, I'm not dogging your choice. Um, I'm just trying to bring a devil's advocate. I'm a total cynic. I think, I think that's my ride. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> uh, anyway. So I don't, please don't, uh, don't feel like I'm dogging your choice. I don't want to sleep on the couch. <laughs> Sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, it, it, if you swam with the fishes this morning, if somebody else had said that to me, tonight. I'd have been, you know, okay <laughs> with it, but you know, you're Italian. You, there's some weight behind that when you, like Luca Brazzi kind yeah, of throwing yeah. that out there. All 90 pounds of me threatening <laughs> you. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, top 10 list. You got a top 10 for me? I have a couple of top 10. Just throw one at me. All right. Um, 
This one I thought was really interesting. This was top 10 resolutions I wish gifted kids would make. Oh, that's the top 10 list I have. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Um, this gal, um, she says she's fortunate enough to spend the majority of her day working with gifted students and their families. And she says many of the struggles she sees young people encounter are the same, played out again and again, and the disappointments and frustrations that they share with her. Um, so she made a list of the top 10 things that she wished gifted kids would make. And I thought it was really interesting because it really doesn't, it really translates to all people, not just to gifted kids, but you're going to see where it is. You'll see that it speaks to gifted kids, but be, be open-minded about it. Um, okay. That. Um, open mind. That it, you know, could be for everybody. Uh, number 10, I will keep in mind that school is not everything. Oh, and also you don't have to be in school. So if, if it says school, think about it as work or your hobbies, if, you, if you're retired or, or whatever, just broad spectrum here. Open mind. I will keep in mind that school is not everything. My gifts have a broader setting than academia. My grade point average does not define me. It will not be in my obituary. All of the allotted space will be taken up with the details of my discoveries, creations, and adventures. Number nine, I will find time to play. I realize that creativity and play are intertwined. If I am working on something meaningful to me, whether in school or out, that work will feel like play. Number eight, I will develop and nurture my own kindness. I will put my gifts to work to help others. Number seven, I will seek opportunities to pursue my special interests, whether they be focused around physics or parkour. I will take time to research, experiment, and practice my interests to see how they might impact my future. Number six, I will accept no relish failure. Failure is an opportunity for me to problem solve and to find out how strong I really am. Number five, I will seek out new learning experiences. I know that I will struggle and probably embarrass myself, but I am confident that the benefits of diversifying my experiences will outweigh these temporary discomforts. Number four, I will read more. Not just novels assigned to me in class, but also what interests me, what entertains me, what takes me away from the realities of the world. Number three, I will spend more time creating, whether it is art, poetry, music, or robots. The process of creation with its many pitfalls and peaks will strengthen all of my endeavors. Oh, I'm sorry. Will take me away from the realities of the world. Number three, I will spend more time creating, whether it is art, poetry, music, or robots. The process of creation with its many pitfalls and peaks will strengthen all of my endeavors. Number two, I will advocate for myself in school and in the community. I have a voice. Since I'm pretty smart, I owe it to myself and humanity at large to share my ideas. And number one, I will value my unique strengths and embrace my shortcomings. Not everyone can be good at everything. I won't try to be. I will focus on what I do best and be creative about how I can transform my weaknesses into assets. That's pretty good. 
Yeah, I really, really liked this list. Um, it's it's from a it's from Sang, which is S E N G supporting emotional needs of the gifted. I printed it out and I wanted to it to be a reminder for me. I think that when I was reading this, I think you may have may have um, heard some of those and thought, hmm, Sandra could take some of that advice. Uh, you know, here, here's my thing, and I know I say that a lot. <clears throat> I say a lot of that uh, on the website and on Facebook, and I try and remind people to do a lot of that stuff. Right. Which is why you hear a lot of it at, at home, um, because um, I... I will, I will, I'm just going to say this and then I'm going to be done with it. Gifted people aren't, they're, they're, they're not better than anybody else. The, the term right. gifted drives me nuts. They may be, they may have a higher IQ. They may be um, more intelligent uh, or be able to comprehend more, but everybody is really good at something and everybody sucks at something. I don't care how gifted someone has told you you are. So everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. So that absolutely, that list you just read absolutely applies to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I liked it. Yeah. So good call. That That's was why cool. I prefaced it by saying, you know, it, it's going to talk about kids in school, but you can apply it to you being in work or not even in work. If you, you no longer work, yeah. if you're retired, you know, just be open-minded and broad-minded right. and just think about it, how no. it may apply to you. We should, and we should share that on the, on the website, that, that a link to that. That's, that's a really good, a really good pull. I, I like that a lot. That was good. And yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, see, here's the thing about wish wishes um, is that for me, like, like I was talking about in the open, um, I think they are important, you know, because it, it helps us keep a, a positive state of mind. And, um, you know, I, I wish for this or I wish for that, excuse me. I think that there's, there's certainly not necessarily a right way to wish or wrong way to wish. Um, but I, I really think that you're missing the mark if you're being super selfish about a wish. Um, you know, because I, I, because then I don't think you're, I don't think it's a, a positive thing, you know, like, Hey, I want, you know, I wish I was getting an Apple watch, you know, that, you know, okay. I get it. That's who you are. It is what it is, right? There's 7 billion people in the world. I can't please everybody, but I think that if wish fulfillment or even wish making is a little less selfish, then you're in that, uh, when you, when you're positive, positive things can happen kind of frame of mind, you know, um, it's, and I, I certainly don't want to get into a religious conversation, but to me, it's on par with prayer. You know, it's a positive thing. I mean, how bad can it be? If it's positive, I'm all for it. You know, if it's positive and motivated for the right reasons, you know, I wrote something uh, in my book, Shameless Plug, 
uh, about the title of your book, Shameless Plug. Shameless Plug. Oof. Wow. So many jokes. Just, I'm just going to walk away. Uh, lifting a foot forward, right? Talks about balance. And, and the, the book itself, I'm, I'm hoping people read it and, and view it as a, well, it's called lifting a foot forward. So I'm, I'm hoping they view it as a, as a very positive thing. But I have a saying in there, if something can go right, it will. Right. And, and to me, that's, that's part of the, the power of positive thought. Um, and, and that, that to me, I think is a crucial element of, of wish making and wish fulfillment, um, is that it's just, it's just an extension of positivity. Um, I have a top 10 list. I'm going to stick with make a wish foundation. Okay. Top 10, uh, wish destinations. I had that list as well. But she didn't say it. Because <laughs> I told you I had three lists, yeah. but this I want. This was the one I wanted to use. Top ten uh, wish destinations. Number ten, Alaska, which I think would be a little bit higher up on my list. I had ten places I could go, but number ten, Alaska. Nice to see the good old U.S. of A. in there. Uh, number nine, Australia, still in my top ten. Um, Australia, and and remember, these are destinations that kids as part of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, are choosing. Right. So a couple of these, Australia being one of them, to me is a pretty out-of-the-box kind of thinking. Right, and the list provides the child, their age, and what disease they had. Yeah, as yeah. as some examples. Right. But, right. but these are the top ten wish destinations. Right. Number eight, Italy, or Italy. Italy. Uh, number seven, France. Um, I know, uh, I, I would imagine Paris just being a, 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 a very, very popular destination. Uh, there's so many iconic, uh, features, you know, the Louvre, um, the, uh, the, uh, what is it? Champions monument. Is that what it is? The big, the arch, the arc, the triumph, um, I think they, I think they also call that the Champions Monument. Maybe not. I could be wrong. But uh, and then of course the Eiffel Tower. It does not surprise me that France is on this list. Uh, number six, San Diego, which actually does surprise me a little bit. Um, but uh, San Diego is number six. Number five, New York City. Um, number four, the Caribbean. Been there a couple times. I put that on my list. Not too shabby. Yeah, not too shabby at all. Uh, yeah, I'm on. Number four of the Caribbean. Uh, number three, uh, Los Angeles and Orange County. I'm actually surprised it's number three, but um, they listed Disneyland and Hollywood and the music industry. You're surprised? I'm surprised it, it's not higher on the list. Oh, okay. I'm surprised it's well, not it's one three. or two. Well, you know. Yeah, but you got to remember, we're talking about kids making wishes. Because number two is Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm surprised San Diego's on this list. Was it SeaWorld? Is that the reason why San Diego is on the list? It just surprises me. Yeah, the wildlife me. parks. I mean, I, I get it. You know, if you live in North Dakota... Home you probably to just the want to go famous to famous marine wildlife parks and zoos. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
I mean, if you live in some places, you probably just want to go to San Diego because of the weather. True. (laughs) Is it a December wish? I want to go to San Diego. Well, yeah, because you get to see the ocean if you've never seen the ocean. And then you get to see, like, Africa because you get to go to the wildlife park. Right. I mean, where do you get to see both of those things? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I get that. It's just a little surprising. But again, that's why number three surprises me so much that Los Angeles, Orange County wouldn't be number one or two uh, over, you know, especially over Hawaii. Right. Um, Because I get it. I mean, Hawaii. No Disneyland there. No. And here's the thing. Like, um, I. There's a lot in Hawaii, but to me, Hawaii seems like more of an adult destination. Maybe their parents are choosing for. (laughs) That's. Messed up. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be messed up. Uh, so number two is Hawaii. Number one, really no surprise, Orlando. Yeah, I'm never going. I uh, mean, I realize this is for... You don't want to go to Boca del Vista and... <laughs> del Boca Vista. <laughs> and stay with, with the Seinfeld parents. No. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Miss Seinfeld. I really don't want to live there. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking kids, so we're talking Disney World is there. Uh, Universal Studios has a theme park there. I have that here. They've got, yeah, I understand that. But if you live in, again, North Dakota, and I mean, it's it's Disney. It's not your thing, but it there's a lot of what I said. Let's circle back. I think for a lot of kids. I think for a lot of people. Yeah, right. Uh, Orlando. So it doesn't really surprise me. Again, this I, was this was for 2013. So. Oh, so Orlando could have gotten bumped. Yeah. I, like I said, Disneyland just just recently uh, granted their 100,000th wish. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and the kid Luke. He wanted to go to Disneyland, didn't want to go to Disney World, because Disneyland has uh, the Cars Land from the the Pixar movie Cars, uh, and that's what he wanted to go to, because Disney World doesn't have that. So it was pretty neat. Um, you know, they they brought him out here to Anaheim. And, well, we were Angel Stadium adjacent, so that's probably why too. That we could catch. I'm sure. I'm sure he's an Angel thing. fan. Yeah. No. Frankly, who isn't? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. All right, then. All right. So that was uh that was a top ten. That's pretty good. I I actually think I like your list better than that. So So the question is, at the at the top of the show, we said uh, if I had one wish, what would it be? And what is your wish? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna dial it down. Um, I wanna, I really wanna be on a grand scale and have grand dreams and and hopes. But I, I really started thinking about it. Um, this is one of those questions that I had to answer while I was you know, awake at three o'clock in the morning, just my head on the pillow and just trying to think of anything, you know, um, to just kind of help me 
get back to sleep. And so I started thinking, okay, well, you know, like what would I, what, if I had one wish, what would it be? You know, the room is quiet, it, you know, nothing stirring. I just really had an opportunity to really, like what's at the heart of the question? And for me, as much as I want to just be, you know, helping as many people as I possibly can, it really boils down to if I only had one wish that could be granted, uh, it'd be for the health of my family. Mostly you, but, you know, my three girls. Is that I just, if I could just say, I want one wish, I want perfect health for my three girls. And then, you know, um, if I know that my family is healthy, I'm hoping that helps translate to happy. And then I hope that translates to um, being of sound mind and body to go out and make a difference in the world. But I kind of I kind of dialed it down to the emergency responders uh, number one rule and that you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. And for me, that means, you know, um, health, you know, um, and just ensuring that that there's I don't have to worry about something like that. So for me, that would be my one wish, and it doesn't help the, you know, the masses, but it at least gives me peace of mind and gives me an opportunity to to know that the people I care about the most in this world um, have, like I said, the the sound mind and body to go out and then make a difference, and and then hopefully, and I and I know you guys are, all three of you are. are um, my heroes when it comes to thinking about others. So that's, that would be, that's how I would answer the question. That's a great wish. I like that. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I struggled. Um, There were a few, you know, we, it's like a Christmas wish list. You know, you can list a million things you want Santa to bring you. Um, and I know that you will appreciate this wish because you know that it's, it's from my heart. Um, long before Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner, um, I, I would, you know, we would see, I would read stories in magazines or see people on TV or whatever kids that were gay and we would talk about how their parents were not accepting of them and um, or that they couldn't come out to their parents because they were afraid and it just breaks my heart that we we still live in a society and by society, I mean a planet mm-hmm. where <clears throat> kids aren't, people aren't safe to do that. There's not a mindset that they're not 
comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. And they end up being ostracized and they end up being alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you they are bullied and they are harassed and they are hurt, hurt emotionally and physically and tormented. And these kids are committing suicide at, at a rate that is alarming. Mm-hmm. And And I am always thinking... You know, how do you how do you turn your back on that child? Mm-hmm. You know, that's your son, or you know, that's your daughter. You know, I I I could never ever turn my back on my child. Mm-hmm. Never. It doesn't matter what one of our daughters came and sat down and said to us. I could never get up and walk away. I I couldn't do it. You know, if they if one of the girls said, you know, mom, I'm gay. I couldn't say you're not my daughter anymore. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't do that, you know. And I just, I guess my wish is that people just start remembering that, mm-hmm. that it's it's not a choice for these kids. It's who they are. It's what they're meant to be. You know, they don't wake up one day and say, today's Tuesday, I feel like I want to be a boy. Mm-hmm. I, I Yesterday I was a girl, but today I feel like I want to be a boy. Mm-hmm. Or I feel like I want to be gay for a week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a choice. It's, it's who they are. It's, it's what God made them. And you need to embrace that. And, and, and if, if you as a parent can't, you're not there yet, then you as a friend step up and become that surrogate parent for that child so that person has a safe place. Um, listen and, and listen, watch, watch for the signs so those kids are safe. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are signs. You know, they'll say, like, there were no signs. We didn't know that, that he was that he needed help, that he was trying to reach out. And mm-hmm. there, there are always Bullshit. signs. Yeah. yeah, there's signs. Um, so that's my wish, that that more people are opening their eyes and more people are accepting. Mm-hmm. And, and they were all, you know... Yeah... I don't. I, I was telling you at the beginning of the show. I wasn't sure how to articulate what I wanted to say. Right. And I and I I don't want to. I don't want to grandstand and say I'm doing it. You all need to be doing it too. Because right. you know what? Maybe you guys are. Maybe the people that are listening. Maybe you are all doing that. Mm-hmm. But I know everybody isn't. Mm-hmm. Because that's evident in our society that everybody isn't. Mm-hmm. And people are hurting and people are dying every day because everybody isn't doing it. Mm-hmm. And honey, you know how much it just tears my heart out mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, you will come in and I'm crying because I'm reading some article or I'm watching something on TV mm-hmm. because I just think, you know, that's somebody's child. And right. they're they're just, you know, they gave birth to that child. and mm-hmm. And then at some point they just turn their back on them when that or that child doesn't feel like they can go to their family and say, this is who I am. Right. And it shouldn't be like that. 
I, I agree. And and I'm going to take it. I'm going to challenge you and, and I'll challenge everybody else. Hopefully I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I think that there's room for parents to not understand what their kids are going through and be okay with that. Sure. Um, because there's still a lot of people out there that are, that are stuck on the, uh, they're born that way argument. And that's what I'm, we could do a whole show on that. Right. And, and I have really strong feelings about it and, you know, I'm just one man, one vote, but my whole thing is that your child comes to you and has, any issue, even if you don't understand it, like you said, don't turn your back. Right. Even if you don't understand it, then you should try twice as hard to understand it because we're talking about your child. We're not asking you or I'm not asking people out in the universe to understand the universe. I'm not asking people to understand what's happening in another part of the country or another part of the city or another part of the world. I'm not asking you to understand that. I'm asking you to understand what's happening in your own home. Right. And if your child comes to you with an issue you don't understand, then in my opinion, it's your responsibility And you need to be held accountable for that responsibility to understand. You may not like it. You may not understand it. It may trouble you. It may frighten you. Yeah, it may frighten you. But guess what, Homer? That's what you signed up for when you became a parent. Right. Is to then be the adult and to manage all that. So buck up and deal with it. Because, yeah, it it pisses me off because it doesn't take, um, hey, I'm accepting of your lifestyle or I'm accepting of what's going on with you. You know, hey, let's celebrate it. That's not required. What's required is your son or daughter comes to you with an issue that they're struggling with. And for you to read, I'll get, (laughs) I get really upset about this. So excuse me if, if the language ends up coming out. But open up your damn arms and grab your child and give them a damn hug. Right. That's what's required of you. Right. Reach out and show your child some love. Right. That's it. That's all that's required. And then figure the rest of the bullshit out later. Right. But for now, don't turn your back and be an ass and say, you know what? I'm not going to deal with this. Because I don't understand it or I don't agree with it. Hey, the world's full of problems, pal. The world is full of problems. We get it. Your life's difficult. It seems like society's falling apart. We understand. You hate your job or whatever it may be. Life can suck sometimes. That's why for me, it's all the more important for when your child comes to you with a, a an issue like that, free to reach out your damn arms and grab them, hold them close. 
and say, because your job is to protect that child. That's right. That's right. And your job is to understand. And it's going to take some work. Yeah, that that I I applaud you for that being your way. And that's, I mean, it's not surprising to me. I mean, that's why I wish for what I wish for, because I know that if I have a, a strong and, and healthy bride, then she's going to go out and and wish for all the grand things that I just, I'm not smart enough to come up with. One of the families that I was reading about, um, the one of their children, the, the mother, you know, there was that kind of situation and the mother, you know, was scared. She didn't, she was surprised when the, the child had come to them and the father was, it wasn't that he was not accepting. He just was, I don't want to say typical father response, but, you know, more the macho kind of, what do you mean? You know, uh, that's not what we signed up for, that kind of thing. And right. the other just said, listen, you go off and you do your thing and I'm going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point you're going to come around and you're going to join us in this this transition, what we're doing, but I'm on board. Right. At some point you're going to, you know, I will, I will do the research. I will do everything I can to support her, and then you'll eventually come aboard. Right. But I'm not going to force you. I'm not going, but I'm not going to abandon her either. You know, and he wasn't. It's just that he couldn't. He had to do it at his own pace. And her, and it was it was an interesting approach. You know, she just let him kind of marinate in it a while, mm-hmm. and. Um, it was good for the daughter to see that her parents were together on it, but that her dad had to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, baby step into it, but he showed his love for her. He just couldn't, you know, dive right in. Right. And then, and now, you know, he's 110% in it, right. you know, but the mom was like, all right, well, please, let's do it. Right. What do we have to do? And, and, and that's the, that's the thing for me is that you, you have to show, an effort that you're going to, you're going to take an interest in your child's life. You ha- you're going to care about them. You're going to protect them. They shouldn't have to, a child, I mean, really anybody, none of us should have to worry about uh, the opinion of our family, but we're people. Right. And, you know, we just we do need to to stop and and really take stock of you know who's who's really important in our, in our life. I'm hoping that it's you know people that you can reach out and touch on a daily basis and and make a difference. And and that's the thing is that you don't. I, I would I would argue that you don't have to understand because you know, I, I I've heard a lot of stories or I read a lot of stories about parents who have a child that is uh, physically handicapped at birth or uh, uh, mentally handicapped or, or challenged at birth. Um, maybe it's autism, maybe it's uh, downs. Um, there's uh, okay. You know, it may not have been what you were expecting. I get that. You know, we never think that that's, you know, down the road that that's going to happen. Right. 
But when it happens, then you just need to realize that, okay, it's still your child. There's still resources out there. Whether your child is mentally uh, challenged, physically challenged, or emotionally challenged, which I, I think gay, transgender, I think that's an emotional challenge um, because of the society that we live in, because of the stereotypes that exist, right? So, but there's resources out there to, to get help and to understand as long as you're not turning away your child. Right. Because then your child ends up hurting themselves or hurting other people. And that's just crap. To say the least. Yeah. yeah. You know. So yeah, I'm I'm not surprised you came up with something like that. Way to be heavy, Sandra. <laughs> You're right, we're not gonna be using a laugh track all lot. <laughs> But that's good. I mean, I you know, you're you're looking out for the world. I I appreciate that. Well, you know, we could do a whole show on on something that heavy, and I'm just afraid that one, I'd probably just it would just be a rant, uh, and two, I'd have to um, that little button at the beginning of the show that says PG-13 or rated R. Right. I'd probably. Well, you know, I told you I had other top 10 wishes lists on here. Listen, this is a list of top 10 wishes, what every human wants most. Just give me the top five. Uh, Work from home. (laughs) Okay. Have freedom of time. Be your own boss. Be wealthy, and escape the rat race. Mm-hmm. I I read a list similar to that. Yeah, I know, and that that's the thing. I mean that that takes me back to. I mean, it's just it's so it's just so self-involved and about. And you know, and I'm going to tell you me me me. And and I'm going to tell you tell you that I uh, I understand it. I'm not going to say I agree with it necessarily, but I am going to say I understand it. Because there's there's a lot of people out there that uh maybe for reasons of their own doing or maybe reasons of their of someone else's doing because there's a lot of that out there that they're financially challenged uh and so and and that adds a stress on your life that is unimaginable and i get that but there's a way and and maybe this was a so then then maybe you can say there's there's a way to to articulate have enough money Without saying I want to be wealthy, and and I I don't disagree with that. Keep in mind too that you and I do our research online. We pull these lists online. Um, you know, we're, we're, these people don't have a two-hour podcast that they're thinking through all these ideas. They're just writing. You know, the question goes out, 
hey, if you could have one wish, yeah. what would it be? You know? And it's not necessarily an, uh, uh, the the greatest forum for them to articulate that they're financially challenged and money would go a long way. And and you know you and so I just turns about it. into if we win the lotto. Welcome. You know would would I say? Oh no no no! I don't want that ten million dollars. Yes, I would take it, but right. you know. Yeah. Well, we'll never win the lotto because we never play. <laughs> Our chances are very slim. Yeah, but. Um, but it, you know, would not change I, how we live our lives. I get that. I mean, I I understand that um, that that thinking. I really do, and I appreciate it on on many levels. I appreciate that that's the thinking that people. It, it and and sadly, because we live in a 140 character world now, reference to Twitter that. Um, that that we're just instant gratification, and and I think a lot of that equates to um, that that we're not articulating what we truly want. Does that make sense? Sure. And what I was going to say too, I wonder if if they have choices, like choose choose from this drop down menu right. what your put these in order of like what what your top ten thing right. wishes would be. Yeah, I I I don't know. Because escape the rat race being number one that's kind of an odd thing. Yeah. To be the number one thing. And I I, I you know, like I said, I, I understand them, I appreciate them. I I would challenge people if I had a a very large soapbox that people would a lot of people would listen to me. Um <laughs> Like I say, a lot of people. A lot you of people. Across, you look across the table at me, and you, then you say, a lot, a lot of, of people. people. If I had a soapbox that you would listen to me, if I was standing on Since I'm the only one that listens to you when you stand on the soapbox. Well, I mean, you know, I have to be taller. I would challenge people to what I call start where you stand, right? It's a going back to emergency services right. uh, terminology and thinking is that you come up to a uh, what we call a mass casualty incident and you're trying to give someone um, medical assistance. The The question is, well, if it's mass casualty. There's a lot of people. Where the heck do you start? I don't even know where to start. There's just so much chaos. Right. Right. You start where you stand. Start where you stand. And there may be people... 10 feet away from you that need more assistance than the guy that's sitting right in front of you. But that's where triage comes in and and all that kind of stuff. But my philosophy using that, that background, that education, my philosophy about helping the world is it's kind of the pay it forward mentality. You know, you start where you stand and you help the guy next to you, you help the guy, you know, or or the gal uh, that's living inside your own four walls and you do everything you can to help that person as much as possible. And then, you know, maybe, maybe you at, at Starbucks, you pay for the guy behind you or, you know, something you can make an impact, just an immediate right here kind of impact. You don't necessarily have to try and change the world. Um, And I think that if people were, were as focused on, trying to just impact their own little world 
all of these little um, encased worlds of of um, gratitude and and helping each other out would kind of collide into each other, and next thing you know, the the whole world would get better. I mean, that's kind of the philosophy of, uh, like I said, a pay it forward. Right. Um, is that everybody kind of gets into the into the habit of doing it, and next thing you know, everyone's paying for everyone else's coffee at Starbucks. Um, and I I think we we lose sight of that immense power to do that, to make a difference on a daily basis, to just reach out and touch the person standing next to you and then help them out as much as you can. And hopefully they'll do the same. And then they'll, and then they'll tell two friends and then they'll tell two friends um, that we end up with answers like, you know, uh, work from home. I think we lose sight of doing that and we end up with answers like escape the rat race. You know, I think, I think, I think if we focused a little bit more on our own world and changing our own world, if it's something's not working, um, then, you know, we end up with, with answers about if you had one wish, what would it be? It would be a little bit more fulfilling. But I was thinking about it's a flawed theory. But. No, I was thinking about the whole pay it forward thing. And when I was taking my notes about this question and, paying it forward has always been a big thing for me. And that goes back to the whole Ellen thing is that she, she in a way is asking that of her fans to pay it forward. And right. that's what a lot of her fans do. And, um, and then that's through kindness, you know, they pay it forward through kindness and, um, and through the good deeds that they do. Um, you and I, Several years ago, several years ago now, um, letter mm-hmm. we sent out like eighty-seven Christmas letters and put a dollar in every single one and right. asked people to do something good with that dollar, pay it forward somehow. And then we had a website set up and put a little blog there and asked people to let us know how they spent that dollar. Mm-hmm. And um, that was just a way to have people pay kindness forward. And there were some great stories there about how people did that. Right. Um, unfortunately, not as many people participated as we had hoped. Right. Um, but some did in some in some very creative ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I I used my dollar, and even though you know I, we didn't send Christmas cards to ourselves, we each took a dollar. Um, I when I was at work. I went upstairs to the little snack, you know, place and got something for breakfast one morning and I left an extra dollar for the person behind me. Mm-hmm. And the person I was with saw what I was doing and he was inspired. So he did the same thing right? Um, with his, with when he bought something. And so he was paying it forward. And right. so then the girl behind me, you know, she didn't, and, but the, the cashier knew that there was a dollar for, you know, her purchase. And the guy for me knew he was paying a dollar for the, for the next person. The next two people in line were going to get, you know, a dollar for their purchases. Um, But that, that little bit that we were doing of just a dollar here, a dollar there. And, you know, it's, it's that whole pay it forward mentality of just, you know, you don't know that domino effect of, 
how many people it's reaching. And if you make someone's day, I know I tried to, we have a, a little tax service down the street and around tax time, they have somebody dress up in Lady Liberty costume and she stands out there and, you know, she's trying to get everybody's attention to come and use her tax service. And I drove by that year and gave her a dollar and she wouldn't take the money because she thought it was a tip. And I was just like, no, I just want to give you the dollar just, Mm -hmm. you know, to be nice. And so she finally took it. And, you know, I don't know if she thought I was, you know, just kind of crazy person or she finally smiled and took it and hopefully it made her day and made her smile for a few minutes. And, you know, maybe she told a few people that, Hey, you know, this lady came up and, you know, it's, you just want to kind of make somebody's day. Right you know, make them feel a little joy. And yeah. Was it you or someone else that was that was dropping quarters in, in uh, parking meters doing that? I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Uh, I was going to the library and I was, I, I, I'd done this a couple of times, uh, it, that I was, I was putting dollar bills in books. In books. So that people would borrow a book from the library and then they'd open it up. And, you know, I just wanted to encourage people to read. And it, it's kind of neat, that, that thing where you open up you know, and it's like, you know, you pull your pants out of the laundry and find there's a twenty dollar bill in there. That 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 feeling that you get, it's like, yeah, it's money. Found it's money. money. <laughs> Are these my pants? Right. And you know, it was just a dollar bill, but how cool is it to right. just get a random book for the library? And you know, I mean, I I want to encourage people to to read, and and I want to encourage people to use the the public libraries anyway, but. It would be kind of neat. They'd open the book, and, and uh, lo and behold, there'd, there'd be a dollar bill in it. Um, I, I think that's, to me, that's just, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah, um, definitely. But, yeah, we had some we had some non-participation, and then we had some really good participation. Like I said, there was somebody uh, that was that was sinking coins into, into parking meters that, that, that had expired, and yet the car was still parked there. So um, I thought that was a pretty neat idea. But... Um, to me, just kind of to wrap it all up is is that that's that's part of the the power of positive thinking, you know, and and what I think is the the basis or the foundation of of wishing um, is that it's it's all a it's all a positivity thing, you know, um, and I but I think that there's there's even you know to quote a Spider-Man movie with great power comes great responsibility. And I, I think that there is great power in, in wish making because there is that positivity aspect of it. So, and I'm, I, I guess I'm, I, I always lean towards holding people accountable, holding myself accountable. Um, so I think that, I think it's okay to have fun. I think we should have fun. Um, and I think that sometimes we should wish just, you know, blow out the candle and on your birthday and, and maybe wish for something fun. But I also think that maybe on a regular basis or a day-to-day basis, wish, wish making should be uh, more of a responsibility thing, you know, that we're wishing for kind of the, the, the right, that kind of putting our priorities in place, I guess. I agree. So, well said. Thank you very much. I I try. Any last words? Any last words for the show? <laughs> no. Is that, is that what you told me? Sleep with the fishes. You know what that means, right? I know what I mean. <laughs>
That's like like I'm gonna get whacked. I know. That's a that's a mobster. I know. They can't that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Go to the mattresses first. <laughs> yeah. Want a new puppy? Want to get a new puppy? Uh, final words for the show. Good plan. You'll never regret that. No. No. Be good to each other. Good stuff. See you next time.